Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. From Mansers on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. One of the biggest challenges in Louisiana is a lack of skilled workers in the technical trades. Companies complain about it all the time, and yet many young people will tell you they can't find a good-paying job, which is a reason so many of them leave after high school. For the past several years, the business community in South Louisiana has been focused on trying to change this dynamic. Today, we're going to talk about what's going on to address it and hear about some of the promising developments they're making. Joining me is Stephen Toops, Executive Vice President of Turner Industries, one of the largest and most successful industrial construction firms in Baton Rouge. Turner Industries was founded in 1961 and builds and maintains services in the heavy industrial sector. It has locations across the Gulf Coast, more than 11,000 employees in Baton Rouge alone, and more than $3 billion in gross revenues. Stephen has been at the company, which his dad, Roland Toops, leads as CEO and chairman for more than 20 years. He is also active in the community in business and civic organizations and is particularly involved in the effort to help train workers, not only for the area's many expanding chemical plants and industrial construction firms, but also in computer sciences and med tech fields. Stephen, it's a pleasure to have you with us today on the show. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thanks for being here. Hey, Stephanie. It's so great to be here with you. Thank you. And joining me and Stephen is Summer Dan, Executive Director of the East Baton Rouge Career and Technical Education Center, which will open in the fall on the campus of the Ardendale Urban Village in Melrose East. C-Tech is really one of the most exciting things happening in Baton Rouge, with the potential to affect real change by offering high school juniors and seniors the opportunity to earn a diploma from their regular high school while also receiving workforce training and industry certification in high-demand fields that really need skilled workers. Summer is getting this dual enrollment academy off the ground, building the programs, hiring faculty, figuring out how to make it all come together. She comes to the position from ITI Technical College, where she was dean of students for many years. And though she has a lot of experience in technical education, she is actually an engineer by training. So she brings a unique perspective to her position. Summer, welcome to Out to Lunch. Great. Thank you for having me. Well, Stephen, Turner Industries is a remarkable company, nearly 60 years old now, founded by the late Burt Turner, remarkable man, his widow Sue Turner, still a force in the community. How did your dad come to run Turner, and, and was it a given that you were going to join as a young man? Did you have any choice? No, Stephanie, it wasn't, and I did have plenty <laughs> of choices. Dad was, uh, when he met Mom, they were he was actually launching missiles at the Cape in the 60s. Oh, how cool and, is that? And... Um, he had left there, came back like here. Like NASA? Yes, they were okay. with all the right stuff and the seven astronauts and all the things. They had, and he was having a great time. That was a pretty go-go time. And my mom, he, uh, if you, in fact, if you see my, if anyone sees my parents, ask my mother what she remembers about the Cuban Missile Crisis. 
and she'll <laughs> tell you it was that all these fantastically cute officers and pilots showed up in the on, 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 showed up in, <laughs> in Cape Canaveral, waiting to see if anything would happen. Wow. But Dad remembers getting the launch codes that changed that day to say change all the dummy warheads to real warheads. Oh my God. And that was how close we had come to conflict even back then in the 60s. So he left there. His father got sick. He came to work for Ethel. Mm -hmm. His father then died and he was leaving town. They were throwing him a going away party. He had sold his house and somebody was returning my baby clothes. My mother was returning my baby clothes to a, a contractor she had borrowed it from, which was then what was Turner Industries. And Bert Turner pulled dad aside at the time and said, hey, you want to come to work with me? I'm thinking we're going to do this thing. And he'd been in business about five years at the time and said, okay. hey, we can make this thing really big. And so they tell stories about, wow, you know, one day we did 15 million in gross revenues one year. Like, I just don't see how we could ever get any bigger than that. And now at just under 3 billion, like you said, wow. 22,000 employees this week. Uh, it's been an absolute blessing to watch it. I did, I went someplace else. In fact, I remember sitting down from the table saying, I'm going to do something different, something I don't want to be like you. <laughs> Here I am, fast forward, at the company 20 years now, doing exactly what he's doing, almost and, exactly And I what bet he's doing. you're glad you are. Now, those, those, those workers you mentioned, um, it is a challenge to get trained workers. And I've had this conversation with you and your dad both many, many times. Just give us a, a brief idea of how, how bad it is on the front lines there for you, trying to get the people to, to do the jobs. Our recruiters last year interviewed 115,000 people to keep an average of about 20,000 people working. Wait, how many? 115,000 interviews. To try to fill 20,000. And again, look, you have to understand the cyclicality, right? There's, there's jobs that start and stop during a year, and there's turnarounds that start and stop. So you have jobs where people will come to work for us and go to work someplace else and go to work someplace else. So there's, a, there's kind of an in and out and in and out, but it is very difficult. Because it's a highly skilled set. I mean, you, you want someone who knows what they're doing building that plant. And our customers, Exxon, Dow, sure. Shell, Bethanex, companies like that, want to make sure they have a craft labor on their, on their site. And so many young people just don't have those skills. They don't. But you think about the why, and I think we could talk about this a little bit, is because they don't understand how cool it is what we do. I mean, it's not like it used to be. You can't work on a crane today unless you can establish a Wi-Fi connection and have that computer talk to that crane. Everything we do in project controls, people don't realize, they think Turner Industries, here's just a big construction company in South Louisiana. No one knows we received one of the top awards for innovation and technology last year. No one knows we received you know, one of the top 10 CIOs in the nation with Raytheon and Walmart and, the Cape, and, and, and FedEx. I mean, there's innovative things happening in this industry. That's so cool. Sure. And we just have to have more people get into it. And so this is where CTEC comes in, Summer. It was created to try to address this problem, to train these young people, make them aware of the opportunities, first of all give them some of the soft skills they need just to be prepared and then train them to fill these jobs. You've been busy since September of 2017 trying to put this academy together. How is it going? Are you going to be How ready to open in the fall? We are opening August 2018. The building, uh, I have been promised by the project manager and the architect, will be open in mid-July. Mm -hmm. I've met with numerous companies. They're providing donations for equipment for hands-on training for us. We've hired our first three department heads. I've got one more to go. I hired, and where did you get these people from? Are they from LSU? Are they from industry? Did you put uh, some of Stevens so people at Turner? Or? 
performing no, actually, or no, not Cajun? Or? No, actually, um, these are people that I've known in my past careers that I know that they've had careers and they have some instruction. Mm-hmm. They, they've worked with uh, students in these uh, hands-on learning experiences. I'm really looking for people that have been in the field but also have a heart for service for kids because working with teenagers is a little bit different than someone that's you know like our age so right and and I guess one of the challenges is is recruiting people away from from industry or even from a place like LSU maybe where they have a better you know um, salary to just take what's going to be a pay cut but to do such a great service has that been hard for you I know you were concerned about that a few months ago um you know industry has really stepped up to help me find instructors that are retiring or are on the verge of retiring that don't mind taking that cut. Yeah. That don't mind that. So that's been good. I've also hired a director who has been in charge of recruiting students and getting parents to understand what is going on. So our application process for the students themselves is open. And so we'll start interviews uh, next month and hopefully we're going to get a really good set of kids that are are willing to work, they want to learn, they want to earn um, their credentials, they want to learn a skill. And, and, and just back up and explain to people who may not have been paying attention to my beautiful introduction, what <laughs> will, what exactly, CTEC is a dual enrollment school. What yes. does that mean as a practical matter and what will you all offer? Programs in what fields? Okay, so we're offering uh, Fields or careers in construction crafts, which would help Stevie's industry. That would be uh, electrician, HVAC, drafting, and carpentry. Okay. We're also offering uh, information technology, a cybersecurity. Cool. Programming, networking. Then we have uh, manufacturing, which is sort of the uh, intro to P-Tech, which most people know as process technology, instrumentation, and then it's like a general manufacturing uh, credential. And then the final one is medical or healthcare. They'll do uh, pre-LPN or EMT, which will let them dual enroll over to paramedic. And so these kids can go to their typical high school, their normal high school during the day or during the morning, say, and then go to your academy in the afternoon and get the technical training or vice versa or vice versa they spend half a day at their home school and half a day with us all of the courses we're in the process of getting that articulation agreement with brcc we've met with them a couple of times to make sure that the courses are either dual enrolled or articulate over so kids just in the beginning will should be able to earn at least their first year towards an associate degree um, following the path that we have set up my hope is that we can start, once we have a good um, set schedule and curriculum, we can start pushing things back down to the other high schools so that they can be prepared earlier right. and get to us mm-hmm. earlier. Why is it so hard here, y'all? What is it just a Louisiana thing? I'm going to no. jump in before you ask that question. Okay. I want you to think about how cool it is, what Summer was just saying. Yeah. She's talking about the community and technical college system creating an articulation agreement with the high schools, yes. with industry working with them. Yes, now, industry, both pieces, you and I had this conversation, and you printed me in the business report <laughs> right after that. But, but, Stephanie, for three generations, we haven't had this kind of cooperation. Right. People, agencies, government bureaucrats, private industry, big industry, public industry, higher ed, and, again, higher ed, the most complicated of the – are all working together to solve this problem and have been for a decade. This didn't just happen. You know, getting summer here and creating this didn't just happen. But things are happening that are not normal 
in Louisiana that nobody's doing anywhere. We were approached by Texas on some of the stuff that's happening here. Really? If you can do this, and Chancellor Sullivan or President Monty Sullivan, and they'll get CTEC up and running, show us the documents, we'll copy it, and now you can articulate if you're starting here and you're working here and you get this and you come to work and you're doing your training, but you transfer to work at a job in Texas, pick up your education over there, you can continue it there wow. on the same track. They're mirroring, and again, this doesn't sound like much over lunch, but to have curriculums match. Right, to have huge curriculum. deal. That's huge. Because prior to this point, and just as an example, and Summer knows some of this, what ABC was doing, this is the Association is the of Builders and Contractors, mm-hmm. had a 900-hour uh, course that has now been retrofitted to fit in with the new federal guidelines that allows now a memorandum of understanding. So you've got a continuum of learning. Someone, in theory, could go to high school, get a degree, get a, do enrollment through CTEC or in a, lot of, a few other high schools and venues. They can go on, they can go to ABC. Whereas before, maybe I just got welder training, or I just became a planner, or just... Now, what can happen is, I can go get, and just use welder as an example. Sure. I can go get training to become a welder, mm-hmm. building on what I learned in high school. As I'm learning to get that cert- certificate, a certification, I'm also getting hours through an MOU with the community college system, so that when I get out, I have a welding certificate, that built on what I'm doing. I have a skill skill that nobody can take away from me. I have hours towards Towards an an associate's degree or a certificate, a a career in tech ed certificate or diploma, Mm -hmm. and I can go work. And I can go work anywhere, do anything I want to do, and make really good money. And then if if you want to, if you're so inclined, look, if that's what you want to do, that's great. If you love connecting your brain and your hands to make something, I can't do that, Stephanie, but if I could, <laughs> I'd be a great electrician or a great welder. <laughs> right. But if you want, you can go on and finish an associate's sure. degree and come back and go on and get a four-year degree and go build something in Dubai and come back and then be the chairman of the board of Bechtel or any of these big sure, companies. Sure, it's, it's not just providing skilled workers for the jobs that exist today, but preparing the these future. people for a lifetime career. Yes. This is and taking creating cap- you know, intellectual and creative capital here among our people. This is taking. This is creating a system where no matter what you like to do, no matter how you like to do it, and really the key is no matter how you like to learn, there is a way for you to become successful in any way you define success. Your definition of success might be, hey, I'd love to make six digits, work four days a week, have two trucks paid off, and live on a ranch with my girlfriend. Well, we got a lot of guys. That may not be your, but, but, but we have a lot of people. I like the ranch part. Okay. Or... I really want to go all the way and I want to get two or three degrees and I want to do this and this and this and this. You now have what higher ed calls articulation. You have this this way to do it through Carnegie hours and post-secondary, I mean, all the way up. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Stephen Toops of Turner Industries and Summer Dan of the East Baton Rouge Career and Technical Education Center. Summer, the whole connecting the dots thing, which is what is usually missing here in Louisiana, seems to be happening here. Who's been behind this to, to connect those dots? It's been a collaboration between the Baton Rouge Area Chamber, Baton Rouge Area Foundation, East Baton Rouge Parish Schools, um, Baton Rouge Community College, LSU, Southern. I think I'm it's a, just amazing to be. It's been a in bunch this. of people. It's just who amazing. Probably began the momentum began building in the mid 2000s, 2007, 8, 9. Mm-hmm. 
there's been a bunch of people who were called crazy. This will never work. Stephanie, to answer your question, it's a whole bunch of people who just were like loony enough not to take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. They just kept saying, yeah, 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 it'll happen. This whole thing at, uh, at Ardendale is in the SeaTac and the, the automotive training well, college. And that's what I was going to say, because yes, a lot of people probably don't even know what Ardendale is. Right, we I'm are sorry. so focused on Ardendale, but I mean, Ardendale is an urban village. It was a vision of the Baton Rouge Area Foundation in partnership with the East Baton Rouge Redevelopment Authority. And, and it's not just SeaTech there, but it's this McKay Automotive Training Academy there. This thing, I'm going to make it even simpler than that. Apartments. It is the coolest example of just lifelong learning of anywhere in the U.S. I would challenge anybody to drive down Lobdell, if you haven't been in the last couple of years, and go look at this. This is a shining star, the likes of which nobody has ever seen, sitting on 200 acres wow. of that was owned by... Dozens and dozens and dozens of families in the Baton Rouge Area Foundation got involved, and they just didn't take no for an answer. And they sat with Joe May at the community college system, and Joe says, blindly, I was there the first time they all sat down. He says, we're in. Count in the community college system. Now, he didn't know what it was going to look like, and then Joe left. And then Monty Sullivan came in, and Dr. Sullivan says, we're in. We believe in it. We can make it happen. And they're still in. I talked with the chancellor, and she is gung-ho. They're in. Who was a brand new chancellor. Everybody bought in. And the community and technical college system is really another hidden secret great success story, I think, of Louisiana. Many people don't realize that system was reformed about 10, 15 years ago, and, and it's not your old, you know, your mother's community college anymore. It's really a tremendous integrated system. You know this, and in full disclosure... I'm on the board of supervisors for the community college system. I so. had forgotten that actually. So, so I, <laughs> I want to be sure I am very, very <laughs> I, transparent. I, I will very, very transparent. I lead. You're right. A decade ago, we didn't have a community college system, and we have come up a steep, steep learning curve. And that system, look, everybody go read Stephanie's article in the Business Report, <laughs> and it outlines all the things wrong with Louisiana, as not by Stephanie said, but as U.S. News and World Report says. I'd like you to take a look at it and think about the caliber of people it takes to continue to run a leading edge, fastest growing community college system in a state with budget challenges. Look, everybody has budget challenges. I'd love to be able to buy anything I want to buy. I have budget challenges at home. We have people who've learned to adapt and make the best out of it. You know, the old make lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. The community college system has continued to grow, build systems. You know, they're, they're taking colleges and merging them together and making one plus one equal three or five or seven. So that's, that's what's happening. With How do we get students and young people as enthusiastic about this as y'all are, and I am, um, how are you getting the word out? Summer? Well, uh, Daphne Hughes is my director, and she was the assistant principal at Broadmoor. So she knows pretty much all of the assistant principals and principals in the system. She's been there for a while. She has been having specialized uh, talks with groups of students, with parents, with teachers. We've had the counselors, assistant principals, and principals out to to see the site. We've walked them through the construction site, which was really interesting. Um, And then we also have some industry people that are going along with her to talk to these kids, to talk about what is it like to be an HVAC technician. You don't really have to be up in an attic all the time. You can own your own business as an HVAC person. Really, to drill down, y'all have a a schedule of all the high schools that y'all are visiting, and a little dog and pony that you do, and you talk to them, and 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 plus social media. You know, now I'm a 
apparently on Twitter and uh, well, Facebook there you go. and all of those things. All those things that my millennial children tell me that I should have been on a long time and, ago. And are you starting to hear from some of the kids? Are oh, you yeah, getting we have 95 in applications inputs? already. Mm-hmm. And how many kids will y'all be able to take this first fall? Well, we are shooting for 150 to 200. Uh, we can take up to 300. Okay. And then it can grow beyond that. Is that correct? That's the capacity for right now. Then we're going to have to get like some more pods on there, some more labs. So we all we're going to switch gears away from the nuts and bolts for a minute. This is a part of the show we call another great idea. So maybe you've got a friend who's always got an idea for you. They tell you about a job to apply for or somebody you should have a cup of coffee with or a great investment opportunity. Maybe you take this advice. Maybe you don't take this advice and you wish you had. Can you think of a time when, when you've ever had an experience like this, and how did it turn out? I get to go first? Well, <laughs> um, my dad did not like my ex-husband, and he <laughs> gave me the advice <laughs> not to marry him. And so you have to picture this, that all the way up to the wedding, in fact, um, in St. Luke's Episcopal Church, full church, full white gown, Pachelbel Cannon is playing, and my dad leans over to me and goes, I'll give you $10,000 not to walk down this aisle. And I said, no, Dad, I love him. Because, you know, at 21, you know, you're all in love. Anyway. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> so that was... If I had actually listened to that advice, I wouldn't have my wonderful children. Well, that, that, was, I have. that was my next and, you question. You know, I would not actually have the career and the... the <laughs> You wouldn't be the person you are I wouldn't be who today. I am today there without my ex-husband, I promise you that. <laughs> but maybe Dad was right on some score. Oh, I think he was way right. Okay, Steve, I think Summer wins the prize for story. Oh, Can man, you how am I going to follow that? My gosh. I, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm a firm believer that everything that happens, both good and bad, really crafts who you are. Yes. It's taken me a long time to figure that out, but I've, I've got it. I mean, I'm, I internalize it. I realize, like Summer said, I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for a lot of the speed bumps along the road. So there's a whole bunch of crazy advice I did not take. The most recent suggestion I've been given was, hey, if we're that good, if we're finally communicating, if we're finally talking, if we're doing things right, why don't we become the research triangle of advanced manufacturing techniques that North Carolina is in many other instances? And we can do that because when you go look around, so anyway, this I haven't not taken it. I don't know how to start it. I mean, that's a massive effort to say we are going to become. And someone's got to draw a line in the sand and say this is what we're going to do. But there's no reason we can't. Because if if, if you walk a job site in Wyoming, you're going to find welders, boilermakers, and project engineers from Louisiana. If you go to the North Sea, you're going to see little kids running around with Tampico's, Morgan City, Louisiana, T-shirts on because the only people that know how to drive those offshore boats in the North Sea are people from Morgan City who operate in the Gulf of Mexico. That's really a cool That's story. True. So, uh, stop, there's a way to do that. So, that, that would be the advice I've gotten that I haven't not, not taken or haven't taken. That's <laughs> just, I don't know where to first start on it. So, Very interesting. Good points. Certainly good points. To get back to business for a minute, Summer, I meant to ask you, how is the school funded? This is a public high school, CTEC is, correct? Correct. This is, not a, this is not part of the community college system. No, it's part of East Baton Rouge Parish School, and it is a district program, so it's funded through the district. Okay. So, so a student who goes to Broadmoor High School during the day, the dollars follow the child to your school for the afternoon portion of the day or something like that? No, the dollars are actually staying with their home school. We're getting funded directly from the district. 
Okay. So it's not it's not part of that. Uh, what is going to happen is that um, any credential, anything that they achieve at CTEC is going to go back to their home school score. So we don't even have a site code for us to have the MFT When you say funding. score, what do you mean? Oh, you their, their score MF for their ratings. Okay. All of their credentials will go back to their home school. So East Baton Rouge Schools has, has like a set-aside fund yes. to pay for y'all. To pay for this. And then also I'm getting donations. I'm doing fundraising, asking proposals for. So you have to do fundraising on top of all this. Yeah, it's a stretch. I haven't done this. This is the stretch part of my job. So Wow. Starting programs, reviewing curriculum, hiring people, team building, mentoring, all of those things I have done in my, my past of my career the whole fundraising proposals meeting with businesses to get funding is is new and then this is money that ultimately comes from the state i mean the, the east bat rouge money the school system money yes yes it comes mm -hmm. from the state or um the building is actually being funded through the tax plan okay the current tax plan is there still a need for as many trained workers as there was a couple of years ago for instance, no. I know we had talked about this it's huge more. industrial building boom, and, it's more. and some of it's happened, a lot of it's happened, in fact. Is, is that demand still there, and, and do we expect it to continue as we're enrolling all these hopefully new <laughs> students? <laughs> we will always have a need for uh, programmers, IT, computer science. That it's just huge, the growth in that market. For HVAC, I mean, we're in South Louisiana, you're always going to need um, refrigeration, not just residential, but commercial. I mean, you think about grocery stores, you think about the industries, they all have to have that type of electricians, carpenters. What are y'all seeing? I'm going to go back to the question I cut you off on earlier. <laughs> Why Louisiana? Why can't we get past this? Why can't we get past this? And you just did it. Think about it. You said, well, is there a need for these kind of skill crafts? Is there a need for these welders? If you think, you have to think, and it's, it's tough, it's different. You have to think long-term, over the life of somebody, right? I'm, I'm 50 years old. You have to think beyond what you did at 18. So it, just because you're welding at eight, from 18 to 21 doesn't mean you're not going to be a lawyer. So think about, maybe you just don't like sitting in classrooms. But if you want, you can go learn with your hands, apply yourself, get out into the field, learn a construction. Imagine... If you worked on the construction in the construction world for six or eight years, and then you decide, hey, I, I like this, maybe I can learn, or maybe maybe you end up being a lawyer. Imagine a lawyer with the analytical and the logical reasoning and the logistics experience of someone that worked in the construction field. Well, Stephen Toops and Summer Daniel are doing great things for our community and our state, tackling a problem that is very real and has needed to be addressed for a long time. Congratulations on all the progress you made so far, and thanks for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Great. Steph, thanks for having us. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Stephen Toops, Executive Vice President of Turner Industries, and Summer Dan of the East Baton Rouge Career and Technical Education Center. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. If you want to know what we all look like, you can see photos from this show on our website, itsbatonrouge.la, and on our It's Baton Rouge Facebook page. These photos were taken by Carrie Hosford. You can find more of Carrie's photos at carriehosford.com. You can hear this show and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsbatonrouge.la. Out to Lunge is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch.
Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitchell's music is available wherever great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Business First Bank with locations throughout the state including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. And by Shewart & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world.